Well, good morning and uh, welcome to each one. It's good to be back. Um, I miss y'all. And uh, I wasn't down south long enough to get that drawl, but anyway, um, I did miss y'all. Um, yeah, we had a wonderful, wonderful family time. It, uh, it's always, all good things come to an end, too. And we come home and we start working again. But um, just God just blessed us in many ways. Um, is every day, I think it's close to every day, I'd say something to the children, you know, it's just the awesomeness of God. Um, you'd crawl up this side of the mountain, just an awesome view and just huge, huge mountains. God put them there. Um, then we hiked up this trail the last day we were down there, well, the last full day. And we, in five miles, we went up 2,800 feet. And uh, much more than what this 39-year-old uh, muscles are used to. Um, so um, I had some serious repercussions for a while there. But anyway, it, uh, I'm limbered up again. But then we went a little over a mile further, up a little higher yet to the point. It kind of goes out in a point, and, and you're just out in the open. It's just like you're almost ready to glide. And it's just, the view was worth it. I mean, it was just awesome. I mean, you can't help but worship God at a moment like that because no one could think of such beauty. A painter, when he paints, normally uses God's beauty in order to paint a beautiful picture. But God made it out of nothing. Just a spoken word. God is so awesome. And I have the privilege today to worship Him. Okay, and today I'm shifting gears. I was practically burned out after my last message trying to get three hours worth of information down into a half hour. And there were points and points and points and points. And the poor handwriting people taking notes couldn't keep up, and I apologize for that. Um, so I'm taking a different approach. This is what God led me to, is uh, using a different approach. Because there's no way I can share it all anyway. So, defiant, rebellious, locked heart. Right there, we. What happened? There we go. There we go. So first of all, what is defiant? It's an open or bold resistance to, or resistance to or disregard for authority, opposition or power, a challenging attitude or behavior. Defiant and also the rebellious. They're kind of they're synonyms. They're, they're kind of the same thing. Being in a state of rebellion, insubordinate, 
that's not submissive. Defying or resisting some established authority, government, or tradition, and resisting control. Those were the definitions I found. Um, my definition of spiritual rebellion is rebellion is really refusing to do what God clearly requires us to do. It's so easy to have a rebellious heart and not really know it even. It's so easy. You know, what are some of the commandments God has for us that we're not doing? And ultimately, we're rebelling against God's Word. Not submitting to the parents as long as it's to the Word. I didn't want to go here. You know, we've been working on uh, maybe having a definition for modesty or whatever. But the Bible clearly tells us that we're to dress modest. Now, if we choose to go beyond that and not really dress modest, we should know in our heart if we're truly modest, not trying to deceive ourselves or trying to rationalize, well, so-and-so are doing it, or that church is doing it, or this and that. See, that's things we try to do. Either we deny it, we blame or we, we rationalize. If we're not dressing modestly, we're really in a rebellion against God. And we're going to pay for that. And it also states where when we worship, pray, prophesy, that a a man is supposed to be uncovered and the woman is supposed to be covered. Are we really covered? Each one, check your own heart. Is it a covering? Does it really cover? Or is it more of an ornament? Where are we? If it's not covering, we're violating God's word. Because the woman is supposed to be covered. You might say I'm focusing on ladies. Men, we're not free. If it's happening in our own home, I am responsible. I am accountable on how I lead my home. How well are we doing? Are we obedient to God's word? If not, we're actually rebelling. So let's... Turn with me to First uh, Samuel 15. I want to read the account of Saul. I'm going to read the whole chapter, and let's let's take note 
on how Saul responds when Samuel comes and talks to him. Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite or attack Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. He was supposed to annihilate them. And Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in Telaim, 200,000 footmen and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came in to a city of Amalek and laid wait in the valley. And Saul said unto the Kenites, Go, depart, get you down from among the Am Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For he showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until they, till thou comest to shore, that is over against Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive, and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fatlings, and the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refuse, that they destroyed utterly. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he is turned back from following me, and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set him up a place, and is gone about, and passed on, and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. That's how easy we can be deceived. And Samuel said, What meaneth this, this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears, and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep, blaming and of, of the oxen, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. It doesn't work to just keep part of the commandments. We need to keep all the commandments of God. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord has said to me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, when thou wast little in thine, own eye, in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribe of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. 
Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. You see, Saul was responsible too because he was the leader. He was the head of the tribe of Israel. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. And Saul said unto Samuel, here he admits it now, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people. That happens so many times. We fear, we have the fear of man. We want to keep up with the Jones, and before we know, we are the Joneses. We are afraid what people will think of us. And obeyed their voice. Now, therefore, I pray thee, pardon my sin and turn away with me that I may worship the Lord. I guess I'll just stop there. It's uh, one of the sad stories that we can read in the Bible, how it ended because of the disobedience, rebelling. And it was because of his pride. It said when he was small in his own sight, he obeyed. But then he became proud. He had pride. And that's what, that's one thing we should work through if we see that we're rebellious. That's pride. We want it my way. I want it my way. And I'm not going to cover that today because there's another one coming where pride is, and that's the self-focused, locked heart. And that's where we all uh, share with pride. So how are we doing in our walk with Christ? How obedient are we? How obedient are we to those who are in authority over us? If we're not in obedience, we're in rebellion. And I'm not saying we have a locked heart rebellion, but we do have a rebellious heart. And if we're not careful, it comes to the place where we do not submit to any authority. It's just, I know best. It's my way. And sometimes there's even things that happen that there's a fear that comes into our heart where that will never happen again. Maybe there's a loss of dad. Maybe you were working alongside with dad and an accident happened and he was killed. And that's tragic. That's a trauma on the heart of a young son or whatever. But in that, there's a fear and they start controlling 
So therefore, when they feel that they are no longer in control, that fear swells up in their heart, and then they react. It's out of that fear because they're no longer in control. They need to be in control because of something might have happened. That's just, there's a fear that they, um, you must go back and give it to God. Because He ultimately is in control. He's in control of life and death. Okay, now the description of an individual with a divine or rebellious locked heart or even just the, that heart. It might not be locked. Defiance controls their heart. Therefore, they react when they feel controlled or dominated. They don't want to submit. Without really knowing it, they will likely do the opposite of what they are told to do because they do not want to be told what to do, so they'll just do opposite without even knowing it. Many of these may push the line in church because I do not want to be told, or at work, they'll do, see what they can get by with on the road or anywhere where there's authority. How much do we get by with? And we'll, and we'll push it to there. I'm guilty. I know when I'm going down the interstate, I know I'm safe at seven or eight over. So what do I do? I'm going towards Tennessee, seven or eight over. God spoke to me here. How obedient am I to the authority that is over me? Okay, and simple requests are viewed as someone trying to control them. They're defensive and angry, and they're unsympathetic. You know, just a simple little thing can maybe upset them, and you wonder why. I mean, but a lot of times there's rebellion going on, and when the one in authority says something, it's just defiance just kicks in. I'm not going to obey that. I'm not going to listen to that. That goes against my will. They may be domineering. Some of these are kind of the same. You know, the domineering, that's when you're with them. They take charge. When you're j even just sitting and visiting, they kind of take charge of what you're talking about and whatever because they do not want to get hurt in any way. There's just no way that I'm going to be out of control. They have to be in control. They just can't trust. Here's several points I want to want you to remember about rebellion. First three, one is rebellion gives ground to the enemy. The last one is more of a positive note. In the same way that a person gives ground to the enemy through witchcraft or occult activities, ground is given through rebellion. That's what God was saying. That's what the Bible teaches in that passage I just read. That rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And as the uh, lesson that we studied today, you know, there was just deception after deception after deception. And do you realize all that stems down, that's generational sins. 
it all started like on uh, Jacob's side. It had started with Abraham, Isaac. They both deceived. Uh, there was deception. They lied. And then uh, Jacob did the same thing. And then, and I am not cursing them. This is just bringing out a point. Um, and then Jacob met his match with Laban. He was, there was deception there. I mean, it was ten times that Laban had switched things around and also gave him their own wife right at first and everything. Um, but all this was happening. Then what did Rebecca do? Then she took that idol. And then there was deception there when Laban came into her tent because she was hiding it. All that is just handed down. It's just it's just the same as occult, witchcraft. It just goes down when you're uh, rebelling. It just goes from this generation into the next one to the next one. Someone has to stop it if we don't want it to go on. We need to stand in the gap and say this is as far as it will go. This is where it stops. Satan, you're defeated by Jesus Christ. Because rebellion gives ground to the enemy. And also Galatians 5 in the works of the flesh. Witchcraft is in there. You will not enter the kingdom of God. And if rebellion is as a witchcraft sin, it ends up and in, in such like. If we're in rebellion, we will not enter the kingdom of God, according to Scripture. Okay, and rebellion leads to unmet needs. This may not always be physical needs, but it's spiritual needs. You see, in, in uh, Psalm 68, 6, David wrote, God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound in prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Do we want to be walking dry spiritually? Because that's where we're going to be if we're in rebellion. Those with rebellious hearts will always have unmet, unmet needs. Because God will work against you. We're becoming to that. There are, they are constantly reacting to others and are never able to enjoy life or relationships. They can't enjoy the relationships because they always want to be in control. And a true relationship is where you're together, one with the other, and we both submit to each other. Okay, and God exerts pressure on us to break our rebellion. First Samuel twelve fifteen states, However, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you as it was against your fathers. His hand is going to be against us. It's not worth it. God seeks to uproot rebellion and will often use calamity or other measures to bring that person to a place of usefulness to himself. A reaction against authority of others is an indication of rebellion against God's authority. God designed the world to operate smoothly according to his rules. 
But when his rules are violated, life becomes chaotic. If we do it his way, that's where peace not saying everything goes our way. God has, his ways are much higher than our ways. Now, submission brings peace and fulfillment in relationships. Submission simply means yielding your personal rights. It is a lie of Satan that we have the right to be independent in church. It doesn't work. Independence in a body of Christ does not work. We need to be accountable to each other. We need to submit yourselves one to another. Just yielding our rights for the sake of the body. If we buy into the thought, well, that's their life, what's it to me? I mean, that's their life. Why should I worry about them? Or we might even be on the other side. Why are they trying to control me? Why, why is it such a big deal for them what I'm doing? It's none of their business. That's not submission. That's defiance. We bought into the lie of Satan if that's the way we believe. God designed authority to be exercised in our relationship to the family, to the church, and to the government. Our responsibility is to submit with a proper attitude unless the authority violates the principles of God's word. The principles of God's word are given to protect us and to lead us into lives of fulfillment and joy. Humbly submitting to God and to those he places over us leads us to experience the peace, joy, and fulfillment that he designed. If we, if we don't have that, let's search our heart. Something's wrong. So, if God has revealed any area in your heart, I just want to help you walk to freedom. And also, these, any of these notes are free. I mean, if you couldn't keep up or you would want a little type out or whatever, I can get it for you. I mean, that's, I can, uh, um, if you want it to help others, whatever. Um, this is a prayer that I like. It's just, and, it, and you can even use a different it doesn't have to be a rebellion in there. It can be anything. If you want to just search your heart and ask God, Lord, I ask you to reveal to me each area of, it might be rebellion, it might be pride, it might be, this can be used for any, you can put in there whatever. That I have demonstrated toward those in authority over me, I am willing, and you can just change some of the wording. I am willing to acknowledge the rebellious attitudes that I have demonstrated toward you and others. I desire to be free, to respond with an open heart and a godly, Christ-like attitude toward each person or authority you have placed over me. Please give me the proper response from a pure heart toward those people to whom I am to submit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
And if we pray that from the heart, God is faithful. He's going to show you if you have an area. If you are an, a broken and a contrite heart, He's going to answer. He's going to minister to that heart. But if it's still a hard heart that's not ready to submit, you might not hear. So as God reveals areas where you have demonstrated rebellion, you can either write it down or just pray it right away through it. Write it down describing the ways that you have demonstrated rebellion. It may be your father, mother, husband, wife, um, employers, spiritual leaders, and even God. Then pray this little prayer for each area that God has revealed. Lord, I acknowledge and confess. See, this comes from uh, David in his psalm where he had said, I acknowledge and confess. Let's acknowledge it. Let's not just confess it, but acknowledge, hey, I was wrong. That's when we, bec- when we can walk to freedom, when we acknowledge it. If we don't acknowledge it, it really is here. Acknowledging, it comes to here. It comes into the heart. I acknowledge and confess my rebellious attitude toward whoever by responding with however you responded. I ask your forgiveness for my rebellion. I choose to submit to the authority of, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. And also it's good, if we have been rebellious, to go to that person where you had openly rebelled against and ask for forgiveness from them too. That's when it's true freedom. Once you have prayed through all the areas that God has revealed to you, Always remember to give back the ground to the, that you had given to the enemy. Ask him to take that ground and yield it to his control with this prayer. I ask you, Lord, to take back the ground that I've given to the enemy through my rebellion, and I yield it to your control. Then you've gained another God or Christ has gained another where God is ruling in our heart. Let the peace of God rule in our heart. And if you get through everything, then we can have a pure heart. So hopefully, this has helped. If there's anyone who's been struggling with rebellion, that we can... uh, work through this together and that we can uh, walk in peace and unity where we can all arrive home safe. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your kindness and goodness to us. Thank you for your love, your mercy to us. Father, I know you could have given up long ago on me, but your mercy endures. And you kept being merciful, and today you're still merciful. You extend your mercy to us. I deserve 
damnation. I deserve your wrath. But through Jesus Christ, you extend grace and mercy. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you for all who are here today. Just speak through their hearts. Maybe some are wounded. Maybe some fear of letting go. Father, I just pray that you would speak to each heart your peace. Show them that they can trust you. Because, Father, you have promised you will never leave us nor forsake us. And your grace is always sufficient to us. Thank you for those promises so that we can cling to those. And that we can claim those for our life. Come what may, we can always trust you because you are so faithful. Give each one the courage to go forth. And if they have rebelled against someone, where they can have the courage to go and ask forgiveness, where they can experience that peace that passes all understanding, and then that is what keeps our hearts and mind on you. Bless each one, Father as they listen to what you have given me. Thank you for being faithful again. Just give me a heart for everyone. That I truly care May we submit to one another. May we be men and women who allow ourselves to be accountable to each other. Where there can be peace and unity. Where others could be amazed at the peace that we have because your peace you do not give the peace like the world does peace only comes from you your spirit within us and we thank you for that spirit and may your spirit guide us and direct us we pray in Jesus name